peace does not begin with presidents and prime ministers. It begins with you and me. It begins in the heart, from the heart to the home, from the home to the community, from the community to the country, from the country to the world. But the process cannot be reversed. Diplomats in Paris, Geneva, or New York cannot successfully negotiate world peace without peace in their own hearts. Where did I pick up this wisdom? In Medjugorje, where it's all about the heart. Opening our hearts so that the Blessed Trinity can take residence there, becoming number one in our lives. Over a period of 33 years, I have made 10 pilgrimages to that village in the hills of Herzegovina. Every trip has had its own particular blessing. This past June, I traveled there for the very important 40th anniversary of Mary's apparitions and where we are told she is still appearing. I had not been since 2009. My very first pilgrimage brought about a profound conversion, and each succeeding pilgrimage has hopefully deepened that conversion. The main blessing of pilgrimage, writes Medjugorje priest Father Svetazar Kralovic, will always be the extra grace on each pilgrim which enables him to put God first. That is what conversion means, and, Father says, Conversion is the heart of the message of Medjugorje. Archbishop Heinrich Hoser, sent by Pope Francis as the apostolic visitor to Medjugorje, recently said in an interview that while the Vatican has not made an official declaration about the apparitions, in reality the Church has de facto recognized Medjugorje first by the Archbishop's appointment there, and secondly by allowing all clergy and parishes to officially sponsor pilgrimages to Medjugorje, something that has not been done until recently. Why? In part because the witness and example of pilgrims who have traveled to Medjugorje over these 40 years. What I attempted to do two weeks ago, and what I will attempt to do this week, is bring Medjugorje to you. Its message, its sounds, its songs that are so hauntingly inspiring, its residents, its pilgrims, and their testimonies. We had a long, lovely visit with visionary Mirjana Soldo, author of the book My Heart Will Triumph. Possibly the best book on the shelf about Medjugorje, certainly for me the most convincing. It awakened the interest of Father Colin Frick, who was part of our pilgrimage group this time, and whom you will hear from in the show. So let's get started, and let's start with visionary Mirjana Soldo, who was a high school student when she first saw Our Lady. Speaking through her interpreter, Mickey, Mirjana attempted to describe for us what the Blessed Mother looks like. All, all words are too poor to describe her beauty. For example, I can say, I assume that she's a little taller than me. I just assume. Because I'm always kneeling. And our lady is always like foot and a half above the ground. 
So as I look at her from a kneeling position, I assume that she's a little taller than me. She always says grey dress and white veil. Except on Christmas and Easter when it gets kind of golden color. But when I say grey, golden color, those are all colors that look like our colors. But that is not what we see as grey or as golden. She has black hair and it's long. As she has veil, you can see on the forehead a little bit up here and then behind below the veil. Which means that it is long. She has blue eyes and she's wonderful. Did you see? I did not tell you anything. <laughs> Because it's impossible to describe the beauty shining out of her face. Of course, as children at that time we asked childlike question. So we said, how is it possible that you're so beautiful? She smiled back to us and she said, I'm beautiful because I love. And if you want to be that beautiful, love. So when that apparition took place, Yaakov was not even 10 years old yet. So when our lady left, he turned to the rest of us visionaries and he said, I think that she did not say truth. Then we all said him, how do you dare to say that Heavenly Mother doesn't say truth? And as a 10-year-old child, he said, but look at us visionaries. Some of us can love until the end of our lives, but we'll never be as beautiful as she says. <laughs> he didn't understand what kind of beauty our lady spoke. And even now he doesn't understand <laughs> Though we cannot all be visionaries and see Mary in person, we can, according to Mariana, see her with our hearts. And you all, if you want it, you can see her with heart. And as a mother, I would like to recommend you, go to the Blue Cross alone and talk with her. Tell her everything you have in your heart. Call her to come and to feel her that you desire her to have her as mother and you will see that she will respond to you no I don't say that you will have an apparition <laughs> but in heart when the visions Mariana experienced as a young person ended she found it very very difficult to accept that happening I didn't I couldn't even think that it was possible how would I live without having apparitions? That's why I thought it can't be, it can happen. So a little over a month, every day at the time of apparition I used to kneel down and pray for an hour, two hours that all of that would end up in tears with crying that my parents were there who helped me a lot in this 
And I still did not overcome that. And it is still difficult for me to speak about that. When you were growing up, in your book, you said that... I wrote it down. <laughs> you said that you got used to being alone. So I would like to know how that aloneness brought you closer to Christ and closer to Our Lady. I need, I need to be alone without anyone asking me anything. So that only God gives me strength. That is why I prefer a lot to withdraw and to be alone. Not always. But there are days when I really need that. Mariana stressed how important our example is in influencing other people. As police prosecuted me all the time at in Sarajevo, they wanted to humiliate me all the more. And that is why they used to come to school to pick me up. But then all these schoolmates, you know, my schoolmates, they would all run away. Because they thought they were going to be chased. You know, by and then when I would come back later, they would gather around me and they asked me, how comes that you were so calm going with them? We know what they were doing. And I said, I would say to them, uh, well, I was not alone. My Jesus and my mother Mary were with me. And then they would ask me, who are those people? And that is when I would speak to them about your example always. And that prayer may be not preachings the example of life. The same way many pilgrims, when they come to Medjugorje, they are filled with faith and love. And then when they come home, they speak to every single person around about. And those other people do not understand them. And then they have even resistance towards Medjugorje. I always say when you come back home, live Medjugorje. Mirjana also stressed that we should not be concerned about future events as to whether or not they are going to be disastrous. What we should be concerned about is are we ready to face our own end times? Because we as human beings, we always speak about futures. What, when, where will happen. But I always say the same. Who among us present here, now for example, can say with certainty that will definitely be alive tomorrow? So what Our Lady teaches us is to be ready this very moment to come in front of God. And not to talk about what will happen in future. Your duty is to be ready for it. Didn't Jesus say, uh, watch, uh, watch over, right? Be watchful, be awake. In Medjugorje, the Blessed Mother recommends confession once a month, preferably to a priest who is not hard of hearing, however. Mariana told a very funny story of having to confess to a priest 
who could not hear what she had to say. Well, I, I argued with my husband. I said, what did you say? Speak louder. <laughs> so I loudly said, I argued with my husband. And then he started yelling at me. How do you dare argue with your husband? True wife who does not do that. She's obeying uh, her husband. And many things he said. And then he said, what else did you say? I said, nothing was <laughs> So when I came out of the confessional, all the Croatians kept on repeating to me, Obey your husband. <laughs> so then I went into another confessional. <laughs> you see, we have to joke. We have to smile. Because who brings hope? Who is the one who brings smiles and joy? The one who follows Jesus. And in such a way we have to show our faith. And even when it's the most difficult moment, we have to know that Jesus is with us and we have strength to offer hope. Because Jesus is hope. Father Colin Frick, Associate Pastor of St. Paul on the Lake in Gross Point, Michigan, was part of our pilgrimage group. When was the first time you were interested in Medjugorje, and why? Uh, so, first time I was interested was a while ago. I just kind of like all Marian apparitions, kind of have a sense that she's uh, important in this age in the church. And so I read Mirjana Soldo's book, uh, My Heart Will Triumph, a second time. And that second time I just had a kind of a desire to go to Medjugorje, but didn't feel like I could until somebody asked me. And someone asked you to come, and so... Um yeah, so I was. Uh, I just finished reading the book a uh, second time, and a week or two went by, and I was thinking I needed to take vacation in late June. And so a parishioner came and asked me, would you like to go to Medjugorje? And I thought, well, I didn't think there was any way that was going to happen. So there it was, my opportunity. I said, okay, when are you going? And the parishioner said, late June. And I thought, well, that worked out well. Okay, sign me up. You know, I'm, I'm really sort of curious, what made you read that book of Mariana's twice? I mean, it's a big book. Yeah, well, I, the short answer is probably the Holy Spirit. But I really like how she writes. She writes in a simple style, but there's also kind of a profound lived experience. Um, we also heard her speak, and that same lived, kind of simple but profound experience was communicated through her in the interviews. Also, just her experience of kind of communism and trying to oppress religion, I think, is also pertinent to our situation. Did you get, as I did when I read that book, I thought, why would anybody make up an apparition that put them through so much persecution from the authorities? Yeah, I know. I mean, it's pretty clear she documents it quite a bit, and I think all the villagers around here would also agree. I mean, they all experienced that, too. They all experienced the persecution that followed, so pretty hard to make that up and be serious. You also were the main celebrant at a Mass. How was that? It was awesome. I was very uh, honored to be there, to be a celebrant, to give a homily to so many pilgrims and, you know, people who are 
there are really searching for God or have found God and are on fire for God. Um, and so um, the opportunity to speak to them was, it was great. I really uh, enjoyed that opportunity. The other thing that priests talk so much about is the unusual quality of confession. Did you find that? Uh, yeah, so I didn't uh, hear confessions every night, but especially last night, I just kind of was walking through the area. Somebody stopped me and said, can you hear a confession? Uh, which means you're not just going to hear one, you're probably going to hear more than one. So I, I did. I heard his confession, and then five hours later, I heard, <laughs> uh, I heard a bunch of confessions. <laughs> oh, wow. But there's kind of a healing in terms of memories in life. Uh, we kind of, a lot of them we went through, and I can't say much more than this, but we went through their lives and kind of what might kind of still be hurt in there and kind of brought that to the surface and allowing God to heal that. What will you bring home for Father Colin? I mean, what did you learn about yourself and what was helpful? Yeah, I would say that uh, there was a great sense of peace, a sense of rejuvenation uh, that's very necessary. Um, Just uh, some personal uh, messages that I'm still kind of trying to sort through. Um, So that'll be present. Uh, I would definitely have a desire to come back at some point. We'll see if that works out, kind of like it did the first time. I know parishioners are going to be asking you, <laughs> what will you tell them? They'll probably say, do you think you really think it was authentic? That'll be somebody will ask you that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, the fruits, I think, right? You can judge a tree by the fruits. And so the fruits of Medjugorje are pretty clear. So I, it's hard to deny that. I mean, there's been a lot of vocations. There's been a lot of healings. There's been a lot of miracles. There's been some exorcisms on the property. So uh, it's hard to deny those fruits when you see them and when they're, when they're living in front of you. Like, the vocations are there at Medjugorje. So. One of the joys of Medjugorje is sharing experiences with pilgrims from all over the world. Elizabeth Crowley of Burlington, Vermont, told us she felt she received a specific message here. It hit me when we were walking up uh, Cross Mountain. Mm-hmm. The steepest part of the mountain, you do the Stations of the Cross on Cross Mountain. Mm-hmm. The steepest part of the mountain, our tour guide said, this is, this is the most challenging part, and this is where Jesus wants you to pray for your enemies. And I knew I was. I actually didn't know. I didn't know right then, but I was like, "Oh, okay. Let me go through the list." (laughs) Okay, I'll pray for this person. I'll pray for this one. And nothing was hitting me that hard. And I was like, "Okay, that was easy. That was easy." And then I came across this one individual, and I said, "Oh my gosh, that is really hard to pray for this one person." Mm And it got me very emotional. I thought, this is why, this is why I'm here. Mm-hmm. This is my calling. It's, it's to pray. It's to have Our Lady and Our Blessed Mother help me pray for this person and forgive. And were you able to? I have learned that, I'm, that through prayer, I will get there. And as soon as I got here... I felt Mary's presence 
and her closeness and her love. And I personally believe that I was invited here by the Blessed Mother. There was a personal invitation. Right. And that when I got here, I could feel her love and I was thanking her uh, for inviting me here. And then what I also noticed is that as every day would go by, she would have a path for me to follow. My first impression was a sense of peace. Just we arrived, you know, that long bus ride here. We arrive, we get off the bus, and I have this sense of ah. Oh. Mm, right just, away. Everything just, I was mm. like, okay, mm. you know, and when you travel, you kind of get some nerves and you're unsure of the unknown. Right. No, I was here and it's like, oh, this is where I'm supposed to be mm. in this moment. And you, you know, said this morning you never felt that not kind of peace. peace. Of, mm -hmm. Not this piece, and I have felt it, and it just grows stronger each mm -hmm. day and more soothing to the soul mm -hmm. as time progresses right. here. Frances Parker and Jody Pattershall had their own messages. Being here in Magigoria has been a very powerful experience for me. I've, I've um, been on the most a bit of a life journey, yeah. and um, not that my journey is complete by any means, but this has been a wonderful um, part of this journey, and it's been peaceful and relaxing and uplifting and spiritual, and I feel that it has given me the strength to go back home and continue my journey and hopefully find my destination where I am supposed to be. Jody Pattershall shared my enthusiasm for the Eucharistic Adoration Service in Medjugorje. You just can't put into words what, how um, the experience you have at Medjugorje is, is amazing and it does so much to, I think, strengthen your faith. Um, and I'm just in awe of all the different people, uh, 50,000, is that what was that math? Or maybe even uh, maybe higher. Even more maybe. Um, and the beautiful uh, reverence for our Lord in the Eucharist was um, something, just a wonderful thing to experience and to be a part of. Have um, you ever seen a Eucharistic adoration like the one here that anywhere in the world? No. That was what, I think that's part of the, the miracle. It's just, it's almost, it's the way, I looked at all the crowd and I thought, this is the way worship should be. Everybody dropped to their knees. And even though there were so many people, you could you could hear a pin drop um, with the respect and reverence. And yeah. That's the way I think we we need to keep it in our hearts and always think of the Eucharist that way, not just here in Medjugorje. Jody echoed my sentiments that one of the most extraordinary events in Medjugorje is Eucharistic adoration. As we conclude our virtual pilgrimage, I want to give you just a taste of the atmosphere in this sacred service. Picture yourself outdoors under a night sky on a warm summer evening surrounded by thousands of other pilgrims reverently listening to this music and adoring their creator. Why did Mary come at this moment in time? I have come, she said, to tell the world God exists. He alone is the fullness of life.
to enjoy this fullness and obtain peace, you must return to God. And Mary laid out a program as to how we can return to God. Number one, pray the full rosary, 15 decades daily. Two, attend mass. Three, confession once a month. Four, fasting. Gospa recommended Wednesday and Fridays on bread and water, if your health permits. If it does not, devise another method of some form of fasting for those two days. Number five, read scripture daily. There may never have been a period in history we needed to hear that message more than now. I'm Peggy Stanton. I'll be looking for you right here next week as we continue seeking to make our hearts a place of peace.